0: welcome back to hits different a taylor swift podcast i'm molly i'm ryan we're two swifty best friends who don't take ourselves too seriously while talking about taylor
1: and we see things differently <laughs> cue the ominous music <laughs>
0: coming up in this episode the Eras tour is back and all the rules have changed We'll catch you up on all the best moments from the tour so far, and we are going to trace the evidence and tell you all the info we've gathered for Taylor's brand new album, The Tortured Poet's Department.
1: I trace the evidence, make it make some sense. Dang.
0: Yeah. Got some sounds ready. But first, it's time for Comet is My my boyfriend. Boyfriend.
1: Comer is the guy on the Chiefs, Coming straight home to me. Comer is my boyfriend.
0: Taylor Swift is a Super Bowl champion, guys. She won the Super Bowl in her rookie year. I'm so proud of her. She made a huge impact on the NFL and the Chiefs this year. And she went straight for the trophy, just like Taylor always does. Always comes out a champion. So, like, uh, just thinking about it I know it's been a couple of weeks but it really does make me so happy for all of
1: the haters and just for Taylor that she stays winning I know when the Chiefs won it was like Taylor won like yeah Taylor won this like you're welcome Travis Taylor yes she is she's the muse you know Taylor's Mm -hmm. always talking about her muses she is the muse for Travis Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, he's like, I cannot lose in front of the Taylor Swift. She's had enough losers in her life. I've got to be the winner. <laughs> like,
1: come I mean, on. The fact that there was a second where they didn't even look like they were going to make it to the Super Bowl. And it was like, mm, it's, you know, mm-hmm. trending downwards. And then it was like, what is happening? The AFC championship mm-hmm. came and it was like, all we right, right, they're doing it. They're doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Really,
0: it was the, you gave me the crew neck for my birthday and then they were upward trajectory from that
1: point on so i did it little little
0: blip on christmas that's okay we'll look past it i wore the crew neck into my office for the first time after the chiefs won the super bowl and let's just say there are a lot of people in my office who are not chiefs fans notably and they were not thrilled how much hate did you get um, I actually like no one commented on it, which just shows wow. you how upset
1: they were. They chose the route of just ignoring you. They're yeah. like, "No, we don't speak." About yeah, these. yeah. Oh man.
0: Well, obviously there were so many Tavis moments from the Super Bowl, like the game itself and on the field, and then they went to a freaking club in Vegas afterwards. Um, I'm sure at this point that our listeners have probably seen all of that. And if they haven't, there was a YouTube video on our Hits Different YouTube channel that is a full breakdown of all of Tavis in Vegas after the Super Bowl. So go check that out if you need to see it. Yes. Um, But Ryan, what was your favorite Tavis moment from that big day?
1: So before I get into the moment, I just wanted to note as I was rewatching that Our YouTube video, Um, the Splash Mountain photo, (laughs) spoof, whatever. Um, Literally, so uh, I got shown that photo probably like that night. And for a brief second, I forgot that the Super Bowl was in Vegas and I thought it was in California. And I thought it was a real photo and that they actually went to Disney World after the Super Bowl because that's the joke. Like, where are we going? We're going to the Super Bowl. And I saw it, and I was looking at You mean we're going to Disney World? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're going to Disney World. And uh, <laughs> I literally had to pause, and I looked at it, and I was like, I, yeah, she's on Splash Mountain. That makes sense. And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> no, she's not. Whoever Photoshopped that did such a good job. And the person showing it to me was supposed to be like, ha this is a joke. And I like took it as like, wow, she went to Splash Mountain. Like, Cool.
0: Oh my no. gosh! We're not even into the foolish
1: one segment yet. And I just wanted to disclose <laughs> that when I was watching back that video, I was like, "Oh, this is good to note that there was two seconds, maybe longer." Where I was like, "Foolish one." <laughs> it looked like they were on the like, ride I'm oh she sorry. just flew back
0: from tokyo popped on over is there even splash mountain at disneyland isn't that I, only you're at right disney world? It's disneyland. <laughs> i know
1: being from florida having been to disney world i didn't fact check i, I was going to and i was like i don't know it's got to be maybe but yeah it's disney
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: disneyland not disney world do they say they say they're going to disney world though they, they used,
0: usually say Disney World, but this time they went to Disneyland. Oh. Yeah, because they were on the West Coast. So, for anyone who has not seen this photo, there's a hilarious photo. It's a Photoshop job of Taylor and like Blake Lively and Donna Kelsey and Jason Kelsey and basically everyone who was in the Chiefs box. So, like Taylor and Blake were sitting in the front row and Donna and Jason were behind them. And there are a couple other people and it was after a big play they're all like had their hands up in the air or like just different like levels of excitement and someone photoshopped them from the box and put them as if they were on the ride at Splash Mountain and you get that like roller coaster photo taken (laughs) it looked so real like everyone had a a slightly different expression it was so funny
1: (laughs) And it's like, wait, where's Travis in this photo if I really thought they were at Disney World? I don't know, you know?
0: Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm too tall for the ride.
1: (sighs) Yeah, (laughs) Too tall to ride, not too short. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so just thought that was something to note because, you know what, sense isn't always, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, sensical situations. Um, Hmm. Obviously, they're first united, you know, when they first met up on the field. Um, Well, her little cute little kisses... Um, mm-hmm. When she saw him, but then it was funny, the transition between that and then like her getting the ick when he had his little speech. <laughs> um, and then, but then when they finally got to actually meet on the field, it's just always the sweetest. And as we know, super rare, um, even her going on the field and just behaving that way so openly. And then, you know, Travis, just uh being Travis, you know, I see you. I see you waiting for what I'm going to say. <laughs> You know, and he was talking her on the field, and he's like, "Yeah, thanks for coming, baby. You're amazing, baby. Best baby around." And she's like, "No, no worries." And then, you know, jet lag is a choice. That's not what she said. She did say that. <laughs> I thought that was AI when she said the jet lag is a choice, but apparently she said that. Yeah, didn't it she? was
0: real. It was real. Yeah, not in she, that moment. That was. She the- didn't say the no worries part that you said she said that was incredible you're incredible how did you do that but yes um on the like full nfl (laughs) recap they just kept slowly leaking more audio from that moment it's like we didn't get it all at first we got a little bit like oh travis said thanks thanks for flying halfway across the world we're like that's so sweet and then like days later we got how are you not jet lagged right now jet lag is a choice
1: (laughs) it was so sassy i was like that can't be real and then I was like, wow, it was real. All right. See, my my
0: like impression of that was like, that's how she talks to us as like a crowd or like the fans when she's like performing. And so hearing that clip, I'm like, wait, is she more actually like how she presents to all of us than we think? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like the jet lag is a choice. Like I could see her just like saying that on stage.
1: Yeah. And not realizing how it sounds for all those who get jet lag and are like, "Cool, I'll just choose not to have it next time." You know what? You're right. It's all a mindset. So I'm just gonna not do it. You know. Um,
0: like- but of course, Taylor is like, yeah, she's like super human. I don't know how she went from Tokyo to Vegas and then went on to perform in Australia like immediately after partying at the club all night she must take the best
1: vitamins around and i need to know what they are um yeah as someone who gets sick doing the bare minimum and it lasts forever Um, i would have been i would have for sure
0: (laughs) been sick like without question when i woke up the next day after the super bowl i would have been like i'm dead
1: yeah but after all of that i think overall my favorite moment was just club tay um yeah that was definitely like talking about her being real it's like i just want to hang out with her at the club and like she's just there with her boyfriend being all cute and just vibing and she's like you know what i'm drunk it's been a long day i probably am jet lagged even though i've chosen not to be i probably am because time zones are crazy yeah i mean that was a long day for her even if she slept the whole time on the flight either way you're like well she
0: landed on like saturday night
1: Mm, had a night in
0: vegas and then went to the super bowl but yeah still like still the time difference from tokyo to vegas and yeah
1: i never see her hydrate she's always just drinking alcohol and i'm like how does she do that um there was one photo of her
0: with like a like champagne like she was like triple fisting and she's like vibing to an anti-hero remix it's so funny
1: i know she's like wow this music's a vibe who's this by oh me (laughs) it's me
0: So the week before this when our last um, episode you and I had been together that weekend and we didn't even talk about this on our last episode but we went to a cover band night of Taylor and so like you know we were vibing like doing our little interpretive dances to all of her songs and so then like the next week to see her doing like same thing like you'll be the prince and i'll be the pr-. like that's how i dance to the song I know. <laughs> she did it with her boyfriend yeah. that's my favorite moment hands down from the whole super bowl is literally that and then them going in for the kiss and then the the phone panning over to jason and he's just up on yeah. the stage like vibing
1: she's just so freaking cute and affectionate and i'm just like man Travis is so freaking lucky, man. He doesn't even mm-hmm. know. And I mean, maybe he I think does. She does know. He does, but like, I think he's
0: like the first one to know.
1: Yeah. It's like, ugh. Yeah. She's just, yeah, just so freaking cool.
0: So that happened. Then Taylor immediately has to fly to Australia. She had chosen Melbourne. We're going to get to all of the Eras tour surprise song mashup stuff that's been Chaos. going on. But she was in Melbourne, then she went on to Sydney, and Travis joined her for a couple of days in Sydney, and then he had to go back to Vegas for some Chiefs celebration, and I don't know if you've seen any of these videos, they just came out the day that we're recording this. They're playing the Love Story remix again in the club, and he's like still just out there vibing to it. I'm like, this man, that remix is going to be played now everywhere he goes, and he has to... Just love it.
1: I think I saw that and I thought it was old. No, so how it was he like back in again, Vegas vibing again to Love Story. It's like yeah, like Groundhog's Day.
0: It's like some other Super Bowl celebration that they had as a team. Oh my God. So he he went to Sydney. He brought his friend Ross Travis with him to Sydney. Um, and where's the first place
1: that they go with the Taylor? Zoo. The zoo. The zoo. The I zoo. Mean, Australia. I've obviously never been. I know you have. Uh, is like. I mean, that would be number one on my list is like all the mm-hmm. really cool animal, like, you know, uh, rehab, like wildlife centers and stuff and just the up close with all their cool animals, man. So, you know, of course. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I want to do that.
0: Yeah. I've worked um, a couple of times in Australia and. Every time that I went, I stayed like an extra day to go t- to this wildlife refuge and it was my favorite part. So, sure. I got to see koalas up close and kangaroos and I'm terrified of birds, but I also like went to a birds of prey demonstration where they had these crazy birds flying over us. Yeah. Australian wildlife is amazing. It was creepy that there were like helicopters or drones or something taking these photos of them though right like I don't know that to me there for some reason I don't know why there's a difference between like Taylor knows at the Super Bowl and at the club after the Super Bowl that she's like in the general public and people are taking videos of her like I feel like she's aware of that and that Same thing applies to the zoo. Like, yeah, they're in a public space. But to me, there's just something so much creepier about the fact that these photos were being taken from, like, above. Yeah. It's not like someone who was, like, happened to be in the same area as them snapping a picture of them. It's, like, these are coming from, like, a freaking helicopter, and they're, like, taking a live shot of it on the news. (laughs) Like, what are we doing?
1: How is that legal? (laughs) Like, the drone, like, licensing, I mean, just permits and legality of the whole thing, it's, like, sus.
0: Yeah, um. I just felt bad for them. And there, I don't know if you remember this, but in like the lover booklets, you know how she had diary entries in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it, one of them had an entry about feeling like she was a zoo animal being hunted. Mm. Um, by and you've like heard that in different song lyrics. Um, like in the lake, she says these hunters with cell phones. But I think when she like wrote that diary entry that ended up inspiring i know places i was gonna say like I know places, yeah because yeah. she's like they are the hunters we are the foxes and we run so anyway it just kind of made me think of that and i feel like she's she just doesn't seem to let that stuff get to her anymore at least or at least she's with someone who doesn't seem to mind it so they seemed to just be living their life and not worried about whatever freaking cameras are above them in the sky <laughs> but well,
1: that okay. i would, there were other people there, so I was like, they didn't close mm-hmm. down the whole. When they were like the shot of them like petting an animal, a kangaroo or something, and I was like, there's other people there, and they're not. Yeah, like they're just living their life. Like this isn't a big freaking deal.
0: Yeah, I know her. Um, she had gone with her dancers and like bandmates and stuff like that the day before, and then she went back again with Travis, and I think some of the crew went back with her again too. And I don't know if you saw this, but Travis's friend Ross posted to his instagram a video of him feeding a lion and taylor is taking the video because you can hear her say like okay ross like go and he like feeds the lion then she says something else i'm just like oh i think we're like back in the era now of getting her the friend group can post about her again yeah not that ross was in her friend group before but you know what i mean
1: yeah i feel like we used to like see
0: her through her friend's lenses a lot more than we did in the last couple of years.
1: I imagine kind of that she might off. not feel so, like, like the pressure of, like, being hunted and just the paps and all that stress that used to cause her because now she's, A, more comfortable, and I think having a partner who's also, like, you know, I think it just makes her feel, like, okay with it, like, less alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, this is just normal. This is what happens. And, like, I'm sure if Travis isn't freaking out, then, like, she's good. I mean, as we all know about Joe, it's like, because he hated publicity it's like if he's anxious about that she's gonna be anxious and it's like a mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. she probably never gave a shit it was just like if your partner's like putting that on you then you know yeah yeah i think she's in her i'm living my life era
0: and i think we're all here for it
1: i know she don't give a fuck
0: did you see all of the clips from like travis in the at the show in mm-hmm. sydney because that it you know it just seemed like he was just having a good time. He's, like, learning some more of the choreography now. And he was like, only
1: there night one, right? hmm Yeah. Yeah, then
0: he had to fly back to, like, what I was just talking about mm-hmm. with him celebrating in Vegas again. But he and Ross were in the tent with Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were all just vibing, having so much fun. And you could see, like, he did, like, the shake-it-off, like, clap. Mm-hmm. and she, like he was getting into some of those like fan moments he seems to be a 1989 and rip stan
1: maybe because you know? all he knows because he didn't listen <laughs> yeah. to her back then and also you know it makes more sense um well i guess love stories obviously you know older but everyone fucking knows love story yeah but uh he probably like knows all the hits from previous albums but you know is a new a new listener mm-hmm. um but yeah him da- always dancing to her songs at the show at the club whatever is never not cute and then it's like i saw a video of like joe recently and it's like the very few times he went to her show it's like he's over there just looking so uncomfortable and like maybe i'll take a little video which is weird and then i don't know his vibe is just not it and Mm -hmm. he just looks like i'm here because i'm being a good boyfriend and i checked a box and then Travis is like no this is sick um Yeah, Travis just seems like I'm much
0: more comfortable with the attention and much more of like an extrovert. You know, my favorite
1: moment was probably their like pre usual, their little post show embrace. Mm -hmm. So cute. And I noticed she was wearing the same outfit uh, when they went on their little boat date afterwards. Yeah, it seemed
0: like they went straight to
1: the boat. Yeah. For their assumed six month anniversary is what people were saying. Um, assumed well i don't know you know no, we don't no, know officially when the they started is, i don't know the, the word math. is assumed god damn it stoic stoic god just recording myself yeah
0: more creepy hilarious. pap photos but they looked so happy like it looked like they were skipping and like swinging their arms and yeah I the theory is that he made such a quick trip because it was like their six-month anniversary
1: Oh, and I mean, she was yeah. dressed so freaking normal. Like they're both just looked like two, like you know, normal people just like on a date. Like yeah, the little shorts and shirt, and then him waiting for her always is like always so cute. He looks so like you know. anticipation
0: did you see when he was waiting backstage someone filmed like the three minutes or whatever that he's waiting and the whole crew is like coming out the same way that taylor's gonna come out and so he and ross started high-fiving everyone like Mm. you know like you would after a game Like go Mm -hmm. through the high five line like that's what he was doing and like like paul the guitarist like he was kind of like running and didn't realize travis was trying to like high five him so he was like like awkward about it the other dancers were like yeah like high five he gave cam a big hug
1: and then as soon as taylor gets close per usual it's like it almost looked like her dad was like signaling to ross like get the hell out of the way they need their moment like this is when we leave them alone so they can make out we don't awkwardly stand next to them because then you're gonna be in all these videos you probably don't want to be in it this was like so quick like it looked like the dads like started walking away and then ross was like oh that's my cue and yeah then, like, yeah they both away. ducked out yeah. yeah it's like oh incoming taylor's about to yeah embrace travis it's gonna get weird so oh i thought it was funny
0: yeah the uh
1: the the whole dynamics of of
0: Scott and Travis and everything are so funny, and that brings me to Foolish One. Oh boy, <laughs> Foolish One. We have a quick little Foolish One segment for you today. To start, Scott and Travis both handed out things to fans that night. One in Sydney. What did? And th- these are two different things. So at one point Scott handed something out, and at another point Travis handed something out. What
1: do you think that they were? What are your guesses? I mean, friendship bracelets, like, the first thought, but I feel like that's too obvious, too easy. Too
0: easy, yeah. They tra- There was actually a really funny video of someone, like, getting Travis's attention in the tent and throwing him a bracelet and he catches it so perfectly. And people are like, I thought that was so impressive. And then I remember that he's won three super oh bowls God. for catching footballs.
1: He like... just like dives out and you're like, oh, okay, that would be so funny. Swifty just throwing it at him. Like go long. Yeah but yeah so he did
0: trade friendship bracelets but that's not what i'm referring to with this also i always
1: feel bad about the friendship bracelet thing when like friends of taylor's or travis or whoever go to the show and it's like i get it like each individual swifty is like oh this is my moment i want to give this bracelet but then it's like okay now multiply that by like whatever tens of thousands of people it's like it's a lot you're like no more bracelets please no more (laughs) my arm hurts yeah (laughs) my blood circulation's being cut off (laughs) Um, Was it Chiefs gear? Not gear. Chief swag? Nope. I don't know. Okay, so I
0: I don't know if you know this or not, but Scott Swift, like, always hands something out to fans at the shows, and in Sydney, on night one, uh, Scott relinquished his role for Travis and Travis handed out guitar picks to the fans.
1: Oh, I was gonna guess guitar picks. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: It was so cute. That was like Scott's thing. And Travis was walking by and, like, was tr- giving some guitar picks to fans. So. Scott had to find something else, I guess, because during the midnight set, he starts handing out sandwiches from the VIP tent to the fans that were around him. It's like, you guys hungry? Like, the show's about to end. Like, here's some food. We haven't eaten all of this.
1: So did he, like, did Scott give him, like, be like, here, you do this? Or was Travis, like, did he just, like, swoop in and be like, I got this? And Scott's like, okay. So it was
0: at, like, two different points in this show. I just saw a video of – it seemed like either Travis was, like, going to the bathroom or um, just, like, leaving the VIP tent at some point, and he – like, some fans were yelling at him, and he reached into his pockets and gave guitar picks. And then during the midnight set, Scott Swift just came over with, like, the platter from the VIP tent and, like, leaned over to the fans was like, you guys want some of these sandwiches? And everyone's like, yes, I'm hungry. And Dang. they just, like, annihilate the catering tray.
1: After three hours, it's like, yes, please. Yeah, and they're like, Yeah. Yeah, and to say you ate a, a Swift VIP Scott sandwich—that sounded weird. But yeah. I'm one of those people
0: who's like, when you know, there's that awkward moment of like you're being offered food or whatever, and people are always like, I don't know. I'm always like, I'll take it. You know, yeah. like please feed me. So I would have, yes. I would have been like, absolutely Scott, give me that sandwich. Yeah. Um. All right. Number two, the Swifties found. SoundCloud recordings from one of Taylor's exes. Which one do you think it was?
1: SoundCloud recordings? Mm Mm-hmm. Was it Harry Styles? Nope. Was it Joe? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't true. <laughs> yes, it was Joe. Oh, too easy. <laughs> this time it was true.
0: I know it's easy, but I still figured you hadn't seen this yet because I saw it just before we started recording, and I need you to <laughs> hear this. Oh, God.
1: I kissed someone else
0: at work. The new girl, the temp. I didn't talk to her about you, and I don't know why I didn't say I had a she was nice to me. She was nice to me.
1: <laughs> what is going on? What is this from? I don't
0: know. It's like some monologue from a script, like, and he's reading it, and it's on SoundCloud. How it took us, like, seven years to find out this man had a SoundCloud,
1: I don't know we didn't care about him I don't know We didn't, <laughs> like dug in that deep we're like I don't know she seems happy he's hot whatever that he's hot and British we don't need to know anything else that's it okay but hearing that in my headphones it I mean he has a pleasant voice oh for that. sure oh, I, yeah. it, it was giving audiobook vibes and I was here mm-hmm. for it and like if he said some other things you know I wouldn't hate it oh you know I I,
0: mean? I don't think there's ever been a question. As to why Taylor loves British men, <laughs> like they're like tall, handsome, and have an accent. I mean, She's nice. <laughs> yeah. wow. All right. Number three, a Swifty on TikTok has intentionally started a rumor that Taylor Swift is going to be honored with a national monument what national monument this would be like in addition to one that already exists. So okay. where, like what monument do you think that <laughs> this person's trying to start a rumor that Taylor Swift will be a part of it?
1: Oh, I did see this. I, I didn't even look, listen past two seconds. Cause I was like, just get out of here. This is too much. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Nope, this is the clickbaitiest clickbait thing I've ever heard in my life. And I am not even giving you the time of day. And I freaking kept swiping.
0: I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're trying me. to start because there are all of these rumors out there that Taylor and Travis's relationship was formulated by the Democrats for Biden and blah, blah, blah. And so this girl's like, what will Fox News pick up if they keep talking about how they think this is some PR relationship? on behalf of the election. Like, what other stupid stuff would they pick up? So she's like, Taylor Swift is going to replace Thomas Jefferson on Mount Rushmore in order to spike tourism in South Dakota with the Swifty effect. And people have just started, like, taking it on and repeating it. Like, yeah, Taylor Swift is going to be on Mount Rushmore. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're doing the... Like, the same thing as, you know, Taylor put Travis on the map. Like, people have started to record videos of them telling other people that she's going to be on Mount Rushmore. Oh and people are making fake news graphics of it and fake articles. And so they're trying to, like, spread this rumor so that people start thinking it's real and then Fox News reports on it.
1: Okay, well, that's at least a good... <laughs> that's fun. People have way too much time on their hands, as we know, but uh that's fun. And I do hope that Fox News picks it up. All right, that was all I had for Foolish One today. I just thought those were so funny. <laughs> Foolish One.
0: It's time to talk Era's tour. Taylor is back on tour. And she's she's unhinged. only been back on tour for like a couple of weekends, and she has already gone so unhinged it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I feel like Tokyo was just like the warm-up. It was mm-hmm. like, all right, we're easing back into this. I actually like feel kind of bad because Tokyo was kind of – Like, mid compared to just, like, Australia's, like, wild and out,
0: you know. I feel like Australia has always been one of Taylor's favorites, or at least since
1: 1989.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the 1989 world tour was filmed in Sydney just, like, changed the course of history. When she was in Tokyo, she said that if she hadn't won a Grammy, then she was going to announce the tortured poets department in Tokyo, which I feel like she just shouldn't have said. It's like that's that's almost like a bummer for the people at that show she did start giving them the tea okay so she's been like slow leaking tortured poets information into these shows and so in tokyo she's like so instead of announcing the album here i can talk to you about it more and she said she was revealed the timeline she's like pretty much as soon as I turned in Midnight's two years ago, I started writing tortured poets and everyone's like, Oh, all right. So now we know this like picks up right where Midnight's left off. And then she went on to say that she had been working on it throughout the tour as well. There could be anything from like from around 2021, like December, 2021, where we know you're losing me was written up until probably the summer of 2023, that it's, like, encompassing those time frames. Um, Yeah, so she started talking about that in Tokyo. The surprise songs that she did in Tokyo were Dear Reader and Holy Ground, which those both sounded amazing. Uh, Eyes Open, Electric Touch. People think the electric touch was for Travis because he says the word electric constantly.
1: God, I know. I hate it.
0: (laughs) Superman and the Outside. And then the final night was Come in With The Rain and You're On Your Own Kid, which she's now played You're On Your Own Kid four times. Everyone's like, just put it on the set list. Come on. Everyone wants that song. You're like, right here
1: being like, come on! Like, <laughs> you love that song so much. You're like,
0: why? She I obviously do likes it a song. lot, too.
1: I know. Some of those songs, I I've never heard. I, I don't know Superman or The Outside. Um, I don't know. I feel like compared to the Australia songs and the mashups, you're just like, yeah. Like, these are on brand, which is, like, not random, but I don't know. They were interesting secret songs, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that Dear Reader, I think, was intentional because I feel like Dear Reader on Midnight's really starts to paint the picture of tortured poets. You know, there are lines in, in Dear Reader that allude to the fact that she was, like, alone and feeling very lonely. Like, never take advice from someone who's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like, walked my house all alone because nobody's there. Like, you know, all so I feel like Dear Reader was for sure a hint of what's to come. It was also the last track on the like original version of Midnight's, so not the 3 a.m. version. I feel like she always does that with her albums. Like, the last song kind of hints at what might be to come.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she was still challenging herself, she had thrown the rules out like in November of in 2024, I'm resetting the surprise songs and I can sing whatever I want. And then she got to Tokyo and she's like, but I still want to try and sing some of the songs I haven't sung yet. So that's where like Eyes Open, Electric Touch, Superman, The Outside. She hadn't done any of those yet. Then she gets to Sydney or to Melbourne and she's like, all right, I'm bored with that. (laughs) We're moving on from that. It's time to start making things a little more interesting. And... She says, I don't want to take any paint colors out of the paint box. She like could not find the right analogy. But she just goes on to be like, basically, if I want to play a song, I want to play a song. And I don't care how many times I've played it. And then she proceeds to do a getaway car, August, the other side of the door mashup, right after she says all of that.
1: Right. And it's like, we just thought she was going to like repeat songs and just whatever, do a little bit more. Be more rogue about that. And it's like, oh, no, I'm just going to go off the rails and I'm just going to start doing mashups because we we love mashups. And then you get, like, a two-for-one. You get three-for-one, I guess. And then also with uh, You're Losing Me, it was like, when she said it was one of her favorites, I was like, what? That song is devastating. What do you mm-hmm. mean it's one of your favorites? And then when she's Cause like, Because she yeah, loves I-. to devastate us. <sighs> and she's not devastated anymore. So she's probably like, I can say now. You know, it's, like, all too well. It's like, you know, it's like, that song for her and fan favorites is like she loves Mm -hmm. seeing it too well um and then like i liked how she talked about like ttpd a little bit and was like never had an album i needed more Mm -hmm. this is my lifeline it's like god jeez so oh yeah in my um
0: (sighs) evidence that i'm going to present to you coming up i'm going to talk a little bit more about the you're losing me and the bolter announcement because that happened in night one of melbourne and There's so much just to dig in on, like, that alone. I know. Uh, So good. Oh, and then um, back to the three-song mashup. So she starts with Getaway Car, which everyone's just like, hell yeah, Getaway Car. August, that opens up a whole new realm of surprise song opportunities because August is on the set list. Yeah. So now we know she can mash up.
1: Songs from the set list, but I don't know if she will unless there's intention. Which, as we all spiraled, you know, it's like uh, obviously that's a little rep coded little thing, you know. Um, and I feel like you know, yeah, probably yeah, immediately. Are, like, reps August. coming in August? Right. <laughs> yeah. And then they were saying it's like because isn't the other side of the door debut, or no, mm-hmm. is it? Or is it? no, no, it's um, it's fearless. Oh, okay. Um, maybe that was a different mashup. Uh, but when she was like clearly like mixing rep and debut and it was like, Oh, back to that double album drop rumor. Um, but yeah, like four songs, getaway car, August, the other side of the door. This is me trying. It's like, woo.
0: Yeah. This is me trying was on the piano. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was really good. Her vocals have just been elite since i mean they were in 2023 as well but in case anyone was worried that she like lost her voice you know in vegas or at the zoo or something she did not (laughs) it is sharp and then she's saying the final night in sydney come back be here mashed up with daylight which i know yeah sorry did i say sydney yeah I keep mixing them up. I don't know why. Yeah, I love Come Back, Be Here. It's one of one of my favorites from Red. Um, mm-hmm. So when she started singing that and the fact that it's about a long-distance relationship and obviously she and Travis are going to be apart a lot in the next year at least while she continues her tour and he's still playing football, I was like, oh, this is their song now, I guess. Oh, my God.
1: And then yes. she sang Teardrops yeah. on
0: My Guitar, which was the deb- debut song you were thinking of.
1: Yeah. I know. I feel like there's like a lot to unpack with those songs. I'm sure the internet already has. But I feel like I walked away being like, hmm, I'm a little stumped. And there's so much meaning there. And I don't even know if I can unpack it because it's just a lot. Yeah, I mean,
0: specifically The Getaway Car, August, Other Side of the Door, the big thing I saw was all of those songs talk about infidelity. Right. And... So, August is part of a folklore love triangle, but this represented a love triangle as well like, getaway car from the perspective of the cheater, August from the perspective of the person who gets cheated with, like the mistress, and then the other side of the door from the person who gets cheated on. So, they're like, there are all these rumors again. I will talk about it a little bit more with my evidence later, but there are all these thoughts that that was a message to Joe.
1: The saddest part is like, I mean, obviously we know like she's not doing any of this for him, but like when there's been so many moments of like where she sang songs and it's like, uh, like like should have said no and stuff. And like, she says certain like lyrics where you're like, Oh, it's like, he's obviously not watching um but she doesn't care and it's like she knows we we are picking up on it and you know and if someone talks about it in the press whatever then like and he does hear about it then like great that's like a bonus um but yeah she uh she can't get over it and uh maybe she's i don't i think over. she's
0: over it i think she's just now letting us in on it
1: She's still so, like, angry about it, which is totally fair. I mean, infidelity, especially from a six-year relationship, like, in general, but, like, especially from her situation. I'm sure she's just like, what was I doing? Um, you give so much, and then they just throw it all away. She could have just
0: also mashed those three songs up because they are just good songs.
1: Like, That's you not know, much. we no. could all just
0: be reading into it not way even too much. Way too much. All will be revealed. Um, I did a YouTube video to recap the best of Melbourne. And I talked about this a little bit there. But there were these two creators. um, Their names are Emily and Bonnie. And they're on the Chats and Reacts channel on YouTube. And they were at the show. And Taylor knew that they were there. And they posted a YouTube video at one point about Taylor's best outros and songs like ranking them and getaway car august and the other side of the door were like top three along with all too well and so some people are like did she do it just like for them that'd be crazy. because she she said in the note she wrote to them that she like has been watching their content for years
1: i know she did that like that a few times last last year on the tour it was like oh yeah this one person like it's their favorite song so why not it's like girl Mm -hmm. you can't be doing that you can't you just can't but as Taylor, that might have been part of it, but then she was like, wait, this is brilliant, because it could also mean this. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, there's always so much depth to everything. Yeah, there. That's I was reading something
0: this week that Swifties were arguing about the meaning of something. Um, oh, it's actually, it was the surprise songs in Sydney, which we're about to get to. And they just were like, this is why Taylor is so great because things can mean one thing to one fan and something else to another fan. And Taylor wants you to interpret it. However you're going to interpret it. Like she wants the music that she writes to be able to be applied to someone else's life, which is why we love her so much. Like we can see parallels in what she's going through to what we've been through. And yeah, we like to analyze it through the lens of like what made her write this, but ultimately It's so good because we can relate to it as well.
1: Yeah. I feel like just because right now it's, like, knee deep and, like, pre-TTPD, potential, probable Joe infidelity, it's, like, it just means so much more. Or sometimes Mm -hmm. in, like, her down season, it's, like, oh, like, yeah, I can think about this more in my own, like, perspective. But right now we're, like, I mean, trace the evidence, man. Oh, we are about to. We
0: are about to. The final surprise songs to cover, though. So full transparency, on the day that we're recording this, there is still one more night left in Sydney. So if you are wondering what the fourth night of surprise songs are, we don't know yet. But I'll be doing a YouTube video to recap the best of Sydney. So make sure to check out our YouTube channel to catch that. And otherwise, here's what she's performed so far the first three nights. This is insane. Insane. She leveled up again. Yeah. Yeah. Night one, how you get the girl, which Travis was at that show, and it felt very like this is how he got me. You know, he made a friendship bracelet. He put it out there. He, like, made his feelings public, and I couldn't resist him, and here we are. The crowd loved it, too. I mean, who doesn't love a 1989 song? But, yeah, they they were shouting that. And then there had been a rain delay. So Sabrina Carpenter couldn't perform her set before the show. And Taylor brought her out to sing White Horse, which Sabrina covered when she was, like, 10 years old, old on her YouTube. And so she gets to sit down at the piano and sing White Horse with taylor they harmonize together and then they mash it up with coney island
1: i know that was the video i was uh which i figured you'd seen it um about sabrina when she was younger which at first i saw it and i was like is that really her you know ai has just ruined everything everything's like i'm like is that actually her and then you realize like okay yes it is um yeah that so, whole... yeah sabrina
0: like posted it herself oh, too okay. afterwards okay.
1: yeah that was just like the most wholesome um I don't know I feel like I like teared up when I watched it it was just so just so cool and like I don't know such a moment for Sabrina like what that it even worked out that way it's like thanks rain delay now I get to sit next to Taylor and do this which has never happened on this tour um for someone who's not even on the song and just to like share the moment she like let her sing Mm. most of White Horse Mm-hmm. and it was just like i don't know and then the way they like looked at each other the way she looked at sabrina i was like oh this is so wholesome
0: They were so cute i was wondering if they were going to do that because it happened last summer um with gracie abrams and so taylor ended up doing like three songs that night she did her guitar song and then she like brought out gracie and they sang i miss you i'm sorry mm-hmm. and then taylor Still played another surprise song, so I was thinking that they were gonna su- sing a Sabrina Carpenter song
1: mm-hmm. if
0: she brought Sabrina out, and I was thinking like, what song would they pick? <laughs> like would Taylor sing nonsense or right? something? Feather,
1: <laughs> maybe feather. <Yeah.
0: laughs> oh, feather so much better. Yeah. Or or skin, you know, yeah. the that song that was for Olivia Rodrigo. But when they sang White Horse and knowing that background story, I was like, oh, that makes, that's probably what Sabrina wanted to sing anyway. She would have rather done that than one of her songs.
1: Well, I also wondered, like, the timing of it all. Like, I imagine that they knew about the rain delay, like, hours before the show and, like, knew and, like, had time. But I was like, did they have time to rehearse this song? Like, right? obviously they did because you could just tell. Or, I don't know, maybe they're just such professionals. But you're like, when did y'all have time to do this? Was Whitehorse before they started always going to be the songs before the rain delay? Like, that would be crazy, too. Or did she change it? So before
0: um, they started playing, Taylor said that they had talked about it at the zoo, which is funny. (laughs) They were talking about the zoo. But the Coney Island tie, again, will be talked about when I present my evidence. That would be interesting. I wonder if Taylor was just going to perform Coney Island because... That so that mm-hmm. night she also announced another edition of the Tortured Poets Department called the Albatross, and the Albatross. then they sang White Horse and Coney Island after she announced that. So we'll get more into that in a second. The other mashups night two was Should Have Said NAR <laughs> NAR. <laughs> I'm like not doing it right.
1: (laughs) She matched it up
0: with You're Not Sorry, which is epic. I loved that so much. I know. When she first performed, Should Have Said No over the summer of 2023. The part that says, Was she worth this? Taylor shook her head. No, no, no. And uh, she didn't seem quite as angry this time around. But
1: but then also, yeah, mashing it with you're not sorry. It's like I like how the first time it was like, we're going to mix that with Better Man because, yep. Well, and it wasn't now... a mashup. It was just or, like yeah, she yeah, said whatever. no
0: on piano and then Better Man. Yeah. Or sorry, she said no on guitar and then Better Man on piano, Right, which was like a one-two punch at the right. time. It was like,
1: ugh. And so she did it again, but this time she's just like, yeah, you're not sorry. And uh, still... Like a double meaning there, um, which I hope she sings should have said no again. And like, what will she mash it up with next time? It's like, what well, it keep just being these <sighs> so like double good. punches of like, you suck.
0: I saw someone say, all right, now it's time for her to bring back the mashup from rep tour. Should have said no in Bad Blood, one of the mm-hmm. best mashups of all time. You should have said no. Now we got bad blood. Hey. hey. It was. Uh, I loved that so much. That was on guitar. Then she sat down at the piano and played "New Year's Day" and "Peace." This one is where I saw Swifties fighting over the interpretation of it because when I woke up at six a.m. to hear this, and I heard "New Year's Day," that song was off of Reputation. It's most likely about Joe. I'll be with you if you're the toast of the town or if you strike out and you're calling home and, like, I'll be here for you and the the highs and the lows. Like, that's kind of how that song is, right? And then she mixes it with Peace, which off of folklore, so, up you know, subject to interpretation if you think it's autobiographical or not. I've always thought that it was about her mm-hmm. and Joe's relationship and how she doesn't she knows that she can never give the people in her life peace because she can only control so much about her life. And is that enough for whoever is in her life? They have to accept that certain amount of, like, risk and exposure that they will, like, never be left alone because they're in the Taylor Swift orbit. And so to mix, like, New Year's Day, I'll be there if you're the toast of the town, babe, if you strike out and you're crawling home, and then to go in a piece of, like,
1: would it be enough if I can never give you peace? She's like, I'll be there for you. You won't be there for me, and this lack of peace will drive us apart. Yeah.
0: So that's how you interpreted the mashup too, like a Joe.
1: Yeah, I mean everything's telling. Yeah, telling (laughs) the Joe storyline.
0: So then, but I saw some Swifties think that she's like like turning these songs into Travis songs now, like New Year's Day. You know, like I'll be there if you win or you lose, like alluding to his ups and downs of his season. And then Peace, like, family that I chose, know that I see your brother as my brother. Jason, they've spent a lot of time together. There are some great clips of Taylor and Jason the last couple of games. And, like, would it be enough if I can ever give you Peace? And Travis being like, yeah, like, I'm good with it. And that maybe that's that she tied those two songs together because she's finally, like, found that in a relationship.
1: I always thought Peace was so sad. Um, or like it's such a, yeah, sad song that's like sweet and sad. So it's like, I don't know, maybe New Year's Day was for Travis. And then it's like, maybe peace was for Joe in that mashup Mm. of like, I'm there for you through the highs and lows, vice versa. And then peace is like, yeah, Joe, um, clearly I was too much for you. Mm. Travis ain't looking for peace. I could see that. Night three
0: of Sydney, she sang, is it over now? So last time she sang, Is It Over Now?, she mashed it up with the bridge from out of the woods. This time she mashed it up with, I wish you would. So th- this is a hairy combo, like 100%. And it was so well done. because it's like, and is it over now? I wish you would come back. Wish I never hung up the phone like I did. It was seamless. It was so great. Did you watch that one yet?
1: Yeah. Her mash. Uh, yeah. Which also, again, makes me think that TTPD is, I know it's not just all about Joe. It's not. There's too much going on. And I do think that there are other exes, Harry potentially being one of them, that is going to get a little spotlight song, even if it's not like a whole overarching theme.
0: Um, I feel like Harry got a resurgence with 1989, and that was that. I don't think that like 12 years later, she's still writing about him. I don't know. I think she just brought some stuff out of the vault to be like, here's the full picture of that one. All right. Chapter close. Let's line it up for Joe.
1: I'm convinced that TTPD is just, like, because she's so happy now and is in such a unique relationship that obviously probably feels so special and different than the other ones. It's like, TTPD started with Joe's nonsense as the inspo, and then maybe when it was, like, if she was finishing it when she met Travis, it's like, putting a little bow on all of her exes and just leaving them in the past. I don't know. I'm convinced at least one song's about Harry, but you're right. 1989 did really go in on him. But those vault songs were done forever ago. Yeah, I just feel like he's so...
0: They're just so far removed from each other at this point. I don't know why she'd still be inspired about him. I I have seen theories about Question on Midnight being about Harry. And... Mm. I can I can see that, because she, as she presented Midnights to us, like, 13 songs about nights throughout her life that kept her up. So I think the premise of Midnights definitely opened it up to, like, this isn't just about Joe. This could be about anyone. Um, yeah. I feel like everything with tortured poets is pointing to a Joe takedown.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's no different than saying, like, the is it over now, and I wish you would, is, like, for Harry, because it's like, well, why is she even making those connections now you know what I mean so it's well like... I'm not saying it's like for Harry I just
0: mean like those well, yeah, yeah. songs originally were written about Harry yeah and they're two 1989 songs so of course they like flow together very well right. True. then she went into haunted on piano sounded so great and then the final punch she went into
1: exile one of my favorite songs same i know i i love how people like freaked out and there's like that moment where you're like shut up stop screaming already so we can hear her <laughs> singing this freaking song and then it's like it like levels and then everyone like gets on board and then just starts saying the you know scream i the think
0: lyrics. i've seen this film before I it was, the like transition. the transition first... you're like oh, yeah they're on
1: it they're back in cool chills banging chills it was so
0: so well done and she kind of went back and forth with both at the end, too. Mm-hmm. Who knows what other things she's going to get up to. We have, a f- like, 10 months left of this tour. She clearly needed to change up the, su- the surprise song section. She's like, ah, I'm over just, like, singing whole songs. Let's get more creative. And I cannot wait to see. I mean, I feel like she's already peaked. Like, all these mashups that she's done are already so good. But there are a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, like, like red and maroon or i don't know just there are so many options
1: yeah i know and now the rules i'm glad she got rid of the rules because she probably just realized like that's stupid it's too much to keep track of and now she can just like sing haphazardly and do whatever she wants um and it's good for all those who are like you know i remember she would sing a song and be like dang it that means we're out for that song and so it's nice to be like no man it's all on the table Mm -hmm. it's all on the table
0: And I think it's fair, like, she's going to different countries, right? Like, and they, there's just a couple of shows in each country. So she's like, let's just give you as much content as possible. (laughs) Like, in the U.S., it was, you know, a different U.S. city for, like, 50 straight shows. Um, So it it makes sense to me that she's like, all right, Australia, I've got, like, I, I think the total is seven shows in Australia. She's like... So here you go. You just got like 16 surprise songs in those seven shows. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. And she like she obviously knows how global her concert is and how much people are watching who aren't there. And so it's like, you know, she could sing the same songs, same secret songs every show and that the people at the show, it would be unique to them because they haven't gotten it before. But it's like it's bigger than that we're all watching so we'd be like Mm -hmm. oh she's doing that song again it's like no we're all like living for the secret songs and um or surprise songs it's like yeah yeah bigger than that can't wait to see what else she does and then of course
0: once tortured poets comes out those will probably be the surprise songs it's time to enter into evidence some information about the tortured poets department I
1: trace
0: the evidence, make it make some sense. So Taylor has started to give us some insight into the brand new album, The Tortured Poets Department, coming on April 19th. Can't wait. And she's been using the Eras Tour to announce new versions of The Tortured Poets Department. So at the Grammys, when she announced the brand new album that none of us saw coming, she announced that original album and the artwork, and that had a bonus track called The Manuscript on it. Then, in Melbourne, Melbourne, she announced a second edition called The Bolter, and it has a bonus track called The Bolter on it. And she started to refer to things as file names when it comes to the new album taylor nation has been calling these little announcements department meetings and taking minutes then in sydney we found out about the third edition which is called the albatross so now we have the manuscript the bolter and the albatross otherwise known as we have to get our mba before we will fully understand the tortured poets department taylor also threw some shade at us and said if the tortured poets department is too long for you guys to say just call it tortured poets which honestly i appreciated her letting us know how to Not abbreviate T-T-P-D. it <laughs> yeah. tortured poets
1: tortured right. poets tortured we're rolling poets. with it
0: yeah yep. ryan and i have gathered some evidence for you guys so you can get some insight into what stories Taylor might be putting out there with this new album.
1: Spoiler, it's Joe. It's all Joe. The evidence will will track.
0: Some uh, presenting evidence about uh, Joe Allen versus Taylor Swift. Yes. It's time to enter our first piece of evidence into the court. <laughs> <laughs> On these different album covers they have all of them have different artwork and a different back cover so on the first back cover the manuscript bonus track version it said i love you it's ruining my life on the bolter it said you don't get to tell me about sad and on the albatross it says am i allowed to cry
1: which all of those lyrics sound like they could be in the same song but they're not like when you say it all together, like those three things, it's like you're ruining my life. You don't get to tell me how to feel. Am I even al- like, am I allowed to cry and like have these feelings? And it's like, yee. but just, you know, the whole album's probably going to be this whole cohesive little tangled web. Maybe maybe those lyrics. No, they're probably not all from the same song, but it's revealing when you see all three together. Yeah, I
0: wonder I wonder if they're each from one of the bonus tracks or... Assumably, yeah. Yeah. So here's the first thing I wanted to enter into evidence regarding these album covers. <laughs> there are parallels between these phrases and other lyrics that she's given us in the past, okay? I love you, it's ruining my life. I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you ever heard from Cruel Summer? You don't get to tell me about sad. And you're losing me. She says, You say I don't understand. And I say, I know you don't. And then she also says, I know my pain is such an imposition. Now you're running down the hallway. So he's bolting away. He's mm. running away. And she says, My pain is an imposition. You don't get to tell me about sad, bitch. Guess what? After she announced the Bolter on stage in Melbourne, you know what song she played? You're losing me. Dang. Dang. For the Albatross, the phrase was, "Am I allowed to cry?" question mark. The parallel to from the Great War, "I vowed not to cry anymore if we survive the Great War." They didn't survive it. They didn't survive. So is she allowed to cry now? Am I allowed to cry? I know I said I wouldn't cry anymore, but am I allowed to now? Because we're done. I got chills.
1: Man, you need to recover from that evidence. <laughs> Court adjourned. Over.
0: Class adjourned. Class dismissed.
1: <laughs> Take that evidence home and think on it. I mean, that's enough. What's wild is we have so, so, so much more, but that alone is, like, enough to be like, all right.
0: What have you found, Detective uh, Ryan?
1: Well, also, um, on her first post for the tortured tortured poets department, um, when she had her little handwritten note, and it says, like, and so I enter into evidence, then uh, my muses acquired, like, bruises. The tick, tick, tick of love bombs... And I'm like, all right, this is back to my theory that, you know, this album is about more than just Joe, and it's about just a collection of just fuck-boy fuck men that she's had to deal with, like, that were once her muses, acquired, like, bruises, because it was a painful relationships, didn't end well, and then the love bomb, though, I thought was really interesting, because I was like, is she implying that someone was love bombing her, and if so, who would that have be, but i don't know if that's like the meaning she meant because like the whole i like how she associated the like the bomb with like the tick 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 but when she says love mm. bombs i think of like love oh. bombing and i'm like well joe didn't love bomb her or did he because i, don't know, I thought that's, that's what, what i was really... implying but right it's that like he that's what you wouldn't really her. know but like can you be love bombed for six years i guess so i mean i think it means the love bombing was more like my short-term. understanding
0: of love bombing is that that's something that happens like in the beginning of the mm-hmm. relationship and then they Manipulate like flip it. it on you yeah yeah so maybe in the beginning it was like i love you and i want to be with you like but i can't handle your public life or whatever i just want it to be us like that's what that i think can... of
1: it can be experienced during any stage, but obviously like you just said, it's mm. often um, in the beginning. So it's yeah. like, you know, hook, line and sinker. You're, sh- and we know Taylor, I feel like she's so susceptible to like being told these things, everything you want to hear. Here's this man who's like, you're it, babe. And it's like dangerous, you know, cause then you fall mm-hmm. for the wrong guy as you know, tends to happen. So that was the uh, little association I made there. I thought that was interesting. But again, the like muses, that. bruises, hmm Sounds like more than one person. Okay. You know? I can see that. Um that, that were her, were her muse. What's the song which talks about the muse? The lakes. She's, there you go. Not Imagine without my her. muse. Right? Her muse. Which was Joe time, anyway. hmm. Um
0: Take Me to the Lakes where all the poets went to die. Yep. The tortured poets.
1: It's all connected. Um, An interesting thing about the two, like the bolter and the albatross, uh, just the words themselves, aside from before we get into the meaning of them, um, I learned that it was interesting that she announced both of these albums while in Australia because they both have Australia ties, Australian ties. The bolter is an Australian convict slang. Oh. Um, Fun fact, the albatross is a bird um species that ranges across the southern hemisphere from antarctica to south america southern africa and australia new zealand and of course Mm. albatross sounds so australian when you think about it you're like that is an australian bird that bird is crazy and (laughs) it's like this mythical wild creature so that was cool because you know she did that on purpose um she was like hey y'all are australian we've got some connections here thought that was very interesting I like that.
0: (laughs) Did you see that um, this isn't my evidence, but some people have you seen a picture of the albatross bird? Yeah, man. And people think that her midnight or not midnights, her Grammys red carpet look semi resembles an albatross because they have like black wings and she Mm -hmm. had the gloves, black gloves and then her white dress and the bird is white. I thought that was funny. Like that is funny. Are we stretching or is it accurate? I don't know.
1: <laughs> also, I thought about this this crazy bird, and I, you know, you hate birds, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Isn't that kind of funny that like Taylor's like trolling us with this bird?" But like anything, she which we will get birds. into, does she? Oh yeah, does yeah. seagulls. Hello. I know. What other kind of birds does she like?
0: I don't know. We'll see if she likes the albatross or if it's a, an analogy for herself or for Joe. <laughs>
1: albatross is such a goofy just a funny name and just such a goofy i don't know it's so funny it's like but it's also like fancy you're like the albatross and it's like of course she would you know Mm -hmm. um yeah when meetings.
0: when she announced it i was watching the live stream and immediately i'm like googling albatross because i didn't know of course of course so i would like to enter into Mm -hmm. evidence. What does the word albatross mean? Something that causes persistent deep concern or anxiety. Something that greatly hinders accomplishment. That in itself was like.
1: I had a different definition. Blew
0: my mind. What's your definition?
1: If you describe something or someone as an albatross around your neck, which she didn't, but like, we don't know. Obviously, we don't know. Uh, You mean that they cause you great problems from which you cannot escape or they prevent Mm -hmm. you from doing what you want to do. (laughs) A. So that in itself, I'm like, damn. And lest us not forget, throwing it back to the bird, not only is it also a bird, so double meaning here because, of course, it is a bird that not only resides in Australia of many places... It can also this was wild and i just feel like the swifties really took this and were like wow and whether it's reaching i don't know an albatross can spend six years up to six years or more flying sea without touching land what else happened for six years hmm. joe and her relationship it's a very weird you know what else they do they mate for life you know what else? They're endangered. That one's a little reaching, but seemed <laughs> relevant. You know? Because, like, she's an endangered species.
0: Oh, for sure. If we really we have think about to protect about Taylor, her at all costs. I know. Yeah. She's
1: endangered. She's rare. She's a one-of-a-kind. There will be no others. Nope. She probably, she, she wants to mate for life. She thought she was going to mate for life with Joe. Give you my wild, give you a child.
0: <sighs> Damn. <laughs> When I saw the six years thing, I was like, no way. I had to look it up myself. Same. I was like, like.
1: It's true. It's real. This also, is, real is this bird okay? It's flying over sea for six years?
0: <laughs> How what a terrible rest? way to
1: exist. That sounds terrible. Do- oh, what if- yeah. and it's also like a double meaning there. Like, not even just the six years, but like we just said, that is an exhausting, tiring six years of your life and yeah you're capable of getting through it but it's not enjoyable those Mm -hmm. birds probably don't like that they can do that they are just instinctively driven to fly over the ocean for six years you know she wasn't required to endure this relationship for six years do we think that
0: if we're talking about the albatross as a bird is
1: taylor the albatross or is joe she's the the relationship all right yeah, she's because, again, she's endangered. She, you know, she endured this for six years. Did the unthinkable, you know, flying overseas for... I mean, that's mm-hmm. pretty brutal, though. If that's you're equating a relationship to, like, flying overseas without landing for six years, you're like, God, all right, that really resonates. Well, um, she
0: said in the Time Person of the Year article, I locked myself away for six years, and I'll never get that time back, so...
1: All that time without touching land.
0: (laughs) Don't put me in the basement when I want the penthouse of your heart.
1: Oh, and then talking about title meaning. So that's the albatross, which, again, clearly we think is the most fun of, you know, all of Mm -hmm. the names. But then we also have, you know, the bolter, which it's like, as I told Molly before, um, embarrassingly enough, my first instinct was thinking of like some kind of mechanical, like some industrial, like bolt, like, (laughs) oh, like building something and like putting something together. And then it's like, no, 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 the bolter. It's like a a whole thing. Australian convict slang is interesting because people were also equating it to fresh out of the slammer. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. But it's also deemed as a horse that bolts away, bolts or runs away. And weirdly, immediately I thought of like white horse. And that oh. coney island connection which we will go into the coney island freaking psh, <laughs> but it's just like tying that into it of like yeah white horse i don't know and again maybe reaching ah. but when i saw a horse i mean obviously it also equates to like a person who's just like you know a flight risk and all that fun stuff um see when i saw the bolter
0: literally instantaneously what popped into my brain was the video of Joe and Taylor running into a car after the Grammys, or it was actually an after-party, because he didn't even go to the Grammys with her. It was an after-party, and he's freaking pulling her, and they're sprinting into the car to avoid the paparazzi. And I'm like, the bolter! That's it!
1: (laughs) Dude, there's so many meanings. So many. I think she really, like... I think she's probably really proud of herself for these titles just having a thousand meanings that are all relevant. And, like, which I feel like happens all the time. But, like, this just feels, like, intense, you know? It's like, holy heck. Multiple definitions for these words and all of them apply. That's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. It's, like, not just one. It's, like, all of them, technically. Again, just just the albatross, like... The two different meanings, one of it being a bird,
0: and the other one being something that like causes you concern and anxiety and holds you back.
1: I'm like, how does she find these words? How is it relevant? I don't know, dude. I don't know. Maybe I like to think she just has a wild vocabulary at base, and then like all of a sudden her brain just like takes it and is like, wait, it means this and this, and then it's like this whole thing. I don't think she's like scouring the internet and being like. What thing is both this and this? Like what animal is out there? I don't know. And then she probably discovers it and just thinks it's like the coolest thing. Like, wait a second. Albatross six years. Wow. Mm. Um I present um the evidence of the Bolter being also a book called The Bolter. Oh. I do you not know this? No. What? Oh. I wish I'd I wish I'd written more. Um <laughs> So there's the the very small, succinct version is there's a book called The Bolter that's based on a true story of this chick, Lady Edina Sackville. Because of course, right? Of course. (laughs) And in a nutshell, she was infamously known for marrying and divorcing five men, which earned her the nickname The Bolter. So now all of a sudden we're turning it around and we're like, wait a second, The Bolter's not Joe. Right. or again double meaning it's her being mm-hmm. like running away from these relationships and like the five men things feels important so like if we were to trace back i didn't do it yet but like which five men you I know, the evidence i mean you have joe i trace the evidence make it make some sense joe calvin harry jake and john yeah i'm like which one would be like the five like relevant ones like, probably them, I don't think you can put like Lautner? Taylor
0: Lautner. No,
1: no, I think John Mayer. <sighs> she did break up, but like Bolting too is like a part of like where I feel like oh, she feels like she has some like thing to do with people. it. Yeah, she oh, left see, Taylor. She left yeah. Calvin. She probably left Joe, or it was a weird mutual like mess. Tom, Tom, yeah. So you know, and then the marriage thing, which we constantly hear um, her sing about. About, you know, like the expectation of uh, of being married. What is it? An anti-hero? Um, Lavender Hayes. I'm oh, sorry, Lavender All Hayes. All they keep
0: asking me is if I'm going to be
1: your bride. Yeah. I feel like she equally like relates to just like not being able to settle down because she's so either indecisive or whatever she takes on the blame for. But also right like in midnight range like
0: like, he wanted it comfortable i wanted that pain he wanted a bride i was making my own name
1: but then she's talking about giving you a child and peace but i always thought when she said it that way that it was more of like i'll do this if that's what makes you happy might not it doesn't make me i always heard it that way of like look i love you so much i'll give you a child that's not really what i want or maybe that's not what she wanted just at the time Mm. um but it's like i'll do it for you And it's like, damn, this woman's telling you she's going to give you a child. And then to also bring it back to like, um, yeah, the lyric about uh, I wouldn't marry me anyway. And it's like, yeah, so now it's Joe being like, I can't marry you. And it's like, I said I would give you a child. It's like, (laughs) anyway, what else can I do? Interesting.
0: I never thought about it that way, but um like they give you a child line specifically but i can see that for
1: sure the albatross i know i know i know you know what i know for this for sure (laughs) do you know what i know it's a wild it's just
0: all right we go i i think this is one our final piece of evidence but it's a Mm. lot of evidence
1: before we do that the last piece of evidence we have is again to the albatross is the photo um, comparison of the photo album cover of Taylor and the boyfriend shirt, and then the Joe—a lost and found photo of Joe on the beach promoting the last letter to my lover, whatever the heck that movie was, which I've never heard of, but came out three years ago. <laughs> and they were like, "It's him wearing like a white button-down." We can obviously share the little, the little TikTok, and uh, they're like, "You son of a bitch!" Like, so she's standing there in the same opposite stance wearing the boyfriend tee not just a white a boyfriend the boyfriend fit like button down and they're like and then there was the assumption that connecting to that that the LOM I mean this is again reaching the LOML track on tortured poets instead of what I thought of being like love of my life which I still think it is harry related some people were like oh no it's a play on this like this correlation of this picture of Joe and the albatross, and it's, like, actually, like, it actually, L-O-M-L actually stands for, um, what's the movie called? Uh, like, last, like, letter of my life, or I don't know, some kind of correlation to the name of that movie, and I was like, I think we're going a little too into it, I don't know. But also, it's like, is she really trolling him that hard? But yes, she named it the tortured poet's department, which we all know is based on this freaking... tortured man club and then we've got this photo where she's once again like being like yeah i can do this too like Mm -hmm. look at me on the beach in a little boyfriend tea and wasn't well no the elusive emma laird one of the girls that allegedly could be who he cheated on her with um she was in a movie with him i don't think it was that movie it wasn't that one yeah yeah, that would have made way more sense for if it was a nod to that movie, and again, maybe it's reaching, because that Polaroid was deep, deep in the web.
0: Taylor also changed her social media accounts to that photo, which I don't know a hundred percent, but I don't think she changed it to like the Bolter artwork. But now it is the albatross like cover is her profile picture.
1: The one I feel that... like she really likes. I think this is so far out of the released variants. If there will be any more T B D probably. Mm -hmm. Who knows? It's like, I feel like Mm -hmm. this one, she's like, has the most fun, deep meanings. Yeah, let's enter the last big
0: piece of evidence. So with the Bolter announcement, she... Announced it and then performed You're Losing Me. And there are parallels, I think, between the bolter and the phrase there and You're Losing Me. And then for the albatross, she performed White Horse and Coney Island mashup like we talked about earlier. Well, is there a connection between Coney Island and the albatross? Of course there is. (laughs) Wild. Guess what happened in Coney Island? In 1903, a fire was started in the Albatross Hotel, and it burned down five city blocks in an area of Coney Island that is called the Bowery.
1: William Bowery,
0: anybody? William Bowery, also known as Joe Allen's pseudonym when he wrote songs with Taylor. William, the name of his grandfather, Bowery, the hotel, the Bowery Hotel, where he and Taylor allegedly spent some of their early relationship. Like that was a place that they would go. So
1: 1903, one plus nine plus three equals 13, which like, again, you were looking like, I like, did I do the math wrong? No. No, like, I was doing like, math. wait, I'm slow um, at math. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Which I think <laughs> this goes back to the, that movie. I don't know if it's the one movie where it's like, is it 13? I don't know where the guy's like obsessed with like, he keeps seeing the number everywhere It's like, I feel like that's what happens with Taylor. I always imagine something she finds out afterwards, like, oh, one plus nine plus three equals 13. How fun. But it's like, I don't know, we freak out because it's just like, come on. Why does it have to be that one (laughs) extra level of like, why?
0: Apparently, the person who started the fire was someone who experienced unrequited love.
1: And it was an albatross hotel staff member, Mm -hmm. employee, staff employee. Yep. Unrequited love.
0: The final thing that I find fascinating about all of this is, again, the word Bowery. So, the Bowery Hotel, the Bowery is what burned down in this fire in 1903. After the breakup announcement in April of 2023, these rumors start circulating about Joe Allen and Emma Laird, his co star. And people started thinking that he stepped out on Taylor with Emma. And in April, Emma posted a photo of Joe on a scooter. I'll pass that off as innocent enough. They are on set together. But she also posted to her Instagram story a photo. She's, like, clearly sitting on a hotel bed. You know, it's, like, the white sheets and everything. And it's, like, a picture of, like, her laptop and, like, a bowl of fruit. And then you see this like, red um, piece of linen or whatever that's embroidered with the Bowery Hotel, and she's tagging herself at the Bowery Hotel. Again, apparently a very special place to Joe and Taylor because he made his pseudonym William Bowery, okay? And this is, like, well-known. She talked about it on the Folklore Long Pond Sessions that he's William Bowery. This isn't some secret. So Emma Laird was at this hotel, and some people now think that Taylor's initial album photo... For the tortured poets where she's laying across the bed and looking all sexy is a tie to this photo from Emma where she was clearly sitting on a bed with the white sheets at the Bowery.
1: Also, you know what else that cover photo or like album cover reminds me of is the lyrics in Coney Island at the end or just throughout. uh, Sorry for not making you my centerfold. Mm. You know what a centerfold is? that front album cover is giving very like, you know, like, magazine centerfold, like, your whole whatever, spread. Especially mm. because you think of a centerfold as usually multiple pages, we can only see a portion of her body, which might imply that we're eventually going to see her head and, like, the other part, you know what Ooh. I mean? Or, like, it's a centerfold. Mm-hmm. You open it all up, and it's all there. And could be reaching, but I, when I was looking through, I was scouring, like, the Coney Island lyrics when I was reading all of this, and I was like, Centerfold just was like the main thing that like popped out where I was like, mm-hmm. "Huh." Sorry for not making you my centerfold. Yep. But I'm the centerfold bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the last
0: yeah. thing that I found interesting about this fire, it and people have pointed this out since the Eras Tour began, is that Taylor burns the Lover House to the ground in the Eras Tour. She finishes the 1989 set. During Bad Blood, the Lover House burns to the ground. And then she reemerges after that with Midnight's. And the Albatross burned down the section of the Bowery in Coney Island. So. Oh, and on the Midnight's cover, she's striking a match. She burns it all down.
1: Sheesh. Also, wait. So, Emma Laird posted these photos in april of 2023 Mm -hmm. correct you know what else happened in april taylor met with ryan reynolds and blake and they unfollowed joe she posted april 18th the photo of joe on the scooter yeah but that's important because then she met with ryan reynolds and blake the next day and remember we're like what did she show him or show them what did she tell them bruh so, maybe there was like suspicion, assumption of the cheating. Maybe she already knew. Who knows? And then this bitch goes out and posts, just flaunting it, being like, oops. And you know, Taylor, she connects all the freaking dots. And that was a personal message to her. Court adjourned.
0: Class dismissed. <laughs> Dang. See what she does to gonna us? Be...
1: We're this are is going to be so good. <laughs> oh my God. So good. I just hope she has more variants, just for this reason alone. Like, yes, I don't think, and it's so funny because literally two seconds ago I was like, I don't care about these variants and like this is <laughs> nonsense, and then you like look into it and you're like, oh well, dang, yeah. When when we were talking about this
0: segment, I was like. You said, uh, you know, she always releases different versions of her albums. I don't usually, like, pay that close of attention. It's like, yeah, because usually it's just, like, different artworks. Like, on Midnight's, they were all the same vinyl, just with a clock. And so, like, if you bought all four different colors, like, the vinyls are different colors, the artwork is different. And then if you buy all four, it makes a clock on the back. That's cool. It's a good incentive to try and boost album sales. But... With this, this is like the first time she's done a different track on each variant, so cannot wait to see how many of these we even get. So hopefully we'll have some more evidence to present to you guys as we get closer to the album release. Taylor is keeping us on our toes (laughs) with all of this stuff, and I don't think I've ever been more excited
1: for an album. (laughs) I know that's a big statement, but... I also just already know that that downtime between her touring and the release album is just going to be wild. Like Mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be wild. I mean, she's going to be hanging with Travis all the time, obviously, but in between that, she's just going to be doing crazy stuff and man, I'm here for it. Cannot wait.
0: So, (laughs) (laughs) well, that wraps up this episode of it's different, a Taylor Swift Podcast. We are so excited to see what information, what evidence Taylor gives us next before Tortured Poets drops in April. We know she will give us something else on the Eras tour that we can read way too far into.
1: We want to know what your theories are and if we're, you know, if our thoughts are completely off or if you agree or if you have something totally different. Like, there's so much evidence to bring forward and we want to hear all of it. Yes, please
0: enter your evidence into the comments or please. follow us at It Hits Diff Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can hit us up there to let us know what theories you have about the new album. And in between our podcast episodes, we have been releasing bonus videos on YouTube recapping the Eros Tour or the Super Bowl or whatever Taylor might be doing week to week. So you can catch us on YouTube in between these podcast episodes. And please like, rate, subscribe to our pod. We are so thankful for our listeners. And we will see you again soon. Bye. Bye my airpods died